Welcome to the Skies Were Under podcast, hosted by me, Rachel Wright. This podcast is created by and for parents of people with disabilities and the many practitioners who support us. It's just for all of us who are trying to get from one end of the week to the other whilst bridging the gap between the life we expected and the one we're actually living. Hi. I'm Rachel. I'm host of the Skies We're Under podcast. I'm a nurse. I'm the parent of a child with cerebral palsy as a result of him having severe brain damage at birth. I'm the author of The Skies I'm Under and I'm founder of Born at the Right Time. You are here and have arrived at episode six of the Skies We're Under podcast. As usual, I'm joined today by my lovely friends, Sarah Clayton and Lucy Parr. Sarah is the CEO of Simple Stuff Works and her eldest daughter suffered a brain tumour at the age of six. And as a consequence of the treatment and complications of that brain tumour, she is now a beautiful young woman with learning disabilities and complex medical needs. Lucy is partway through a PhD in educational psychology. Her third of four children has a chromosome duplication, which means he isn't verbal. He has autism, high sensory needs and really complex epilepsy. On today's episode, we're talking about guilt. In fact, we had so much to say about guilt that we've done two episodes for you. That's right, you get a bonus dollop of guilt. What parent of a child with disabilities doesn't need more guilt? We've got so much to say, so let's begin. Hi, Sarah and Lucy. Hello. What's the weather in your neck of the woods? I'm a bit scared to ask, to be honest, (laughs) given the fact that we have had a week off. So we're supposed to be all relaxed now. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if we can be relaxed when there's 3,000 things to do all the time. It's busy. I'm tired. Um, Brecon is supposed to be moving down to Cornwall in three days or four days and so we've been kind of scrabbling together with the provision to make sure the care plans are in place and make sure that everything's done and make sure that they really get him and then that's just the surface level stuff and then the emotional Mm. thing of I'm handing my child over again to somebody and having to trust that they're going to be okay Um, and I've also been working and I've had like a billion interviews too for for work because I've had to pause my course so I'm looking for like proper job stuff because otherwise we can't have food and heating. Do you need food? Thanks. Really? Yeah, like every day? Food. I know, I hate oh. that. I just wish that those <laughs> things would just be sorted you know? And you wouldn't have to actually sort them. I'd love that. That'd <laughs> be my, that'd be my, you know like my ultimate um, did anybody see that MasterChef uh, the last series? And there was a guy on there and he said something like, oh, I'm a private chef. I cook for the, I think he said something like, I cook for the master of the house. And there's another team that cooks for Madame and the children. I nearly fell off my my sofa (laughs) with rage and jealousy. And I was like, that's what I want. All the things. I want a master of the house (laughs) being fed by somebody else. Yes. I want to be Madame and the children. I want to be in that group. <laughs> I want to be a Madame. <laughs> if I'm going to have children, I want a Madame and a chef. 
anyone listening who, yeah, Madame is has a whole nother connotation. Oh, I know. So maybe you don't want to be a Madame. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe you just want to be fed by a private chef. I don't know. I've got some pretty good organisational skills. I reckon I could run a pretty tight ship. Excellent. I want to see with you two that it goes off like I think oh, it's I Lucy. Don't know. It's Lucy. I'm blaming <laughs> Lucy. It's hysteria. It's like this is the only point in the week that it's like that you're not on a constant to do list thing. And <laughs> yeah, we're locked in. We're locked yeah. in our own little rooms, know. and everyone knows not to interrupt us. So yeah. Actually, what we're going to do, everybody, is we're just going to sit here. <laughs> And not talk about anything because this is our <laughs> downtime. <laughs> oh, Rachel, um, so uh, we had EHCP annual review today. Um, mm-hmm. I get frustrated by some of the systems, like mm. the yeah. annual review format is completely different to the EHCP format, and oh. that just annoys me because yep. I'm like now I've got to like think well is that matching that and is that doing that but that's just my kind of the way I organize and sort things out but that just yeah. annoys me that it's like they want to have nice blue circles and have it in things like oh but I can't get the information out <laughs> <laughs> there was a much better uptake um within the EHC we actually did it and it was due to have his EHC um annual review he's supposed to have his annual review in November last year and wow. then uh two people turned up and I said uh actually no we're not gonna have his annual review without proper representation and if people can't come then they need to send a report so we had three reports and we had um 11 people attend (laughs) very good that's brilliant and just for any listeners out there who have children who have EHCs P's and annual reviews and things you can do that you can do what Rachel did and say there are not enough people here we are not going to have this now and then you will likely get m- more people and more input at the next one and it's true that to. um uh, and people were on agreement I was like I, I completely get people can't make it like it's fine if people can't make it if people can't make it then they send a report so mm-hmm. yeah that's what happens yep. and um the reports came in and the people who could make it came and it's like, oh, there you go. Um, mm-hmm. But it wasn't long enough. They didn't put enough time in for it. So, they hmm. but it's well, we've fine. we've got um, like when uh, women who live together, their menstrual cycles all uh, kind of all hone in, don't they? And they kind of <laughs> yeah. all become one. Well, you and I, Rachel, have done that with our EHCP, EHCP cycles. Our annual review cycle <laughs> has, has synchronized, synchronized with the moon. <laughs> and exactly. It's, and so we've got ours tomorrow yes oh. but we're doing ours with a guy called jonathan ralphs which is the first time i've done it that way um and so it's uh, well worth i'll send you a link rachel to have a look at his fabulous stuff and we can um, add that to the notes but Fantastic. yeah so we've got so, a lot of snacks so everybody <laughs> we are <laughs> the the snacks are high Yes. Um, I, ours was on Zoom, so I would normally, I genuinely do that. I very often, when I turn up to meetings and stuff, I take donuts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, she's I... got a she's got a meeting playlist. She knows the music that we'll be playing. She's got all of her snacks. She has ordered um, sandwiches for everybody afterwards, so that you know, kind of, because people are probably cutting into their lunch hour a little bit. So she's got the whole thing sorted. Slash me. I have got the whole thing sorted. She has got <laughs> she the whole thing. <laughs> she thinks she involved. Do you think do you think we 
should get sandwiches. Was it like that? Yeah. Yeah, we should. Oh, God, no. She was just like, will there be lunch? Said, what, <laughs> what lunch will there be? Her only stipulation was that there must be sausage rolls. Um, there you go. So we've got, yeah, we have got uh, beige lunch. For- Excellent. <laughs> so would you believe it? We had an, uh, an email this week from, uh, we've had a few emails, but one was from a lovely Louise. Hi, Louise. Um in her would you believe it she said uh, a music therapist kindly informed her that her child was the most disabled she'd ever worked with oh dear a music therapist too yeah you know that makes it just doubly disappointing when it's somebody who should know better well what you think think? yeah so on the one hand ouch Mm. and we had exactly the same at great ormond street a couple of weeks ago where someone said Oh, that's the worst scoliosis development I've ever seen. Oh, lovely. Cheers. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. For thanks that. for sharing that with us. It was completely unnecessary. And that's, maybe save that for when parents fine. are not in the, the room. The very worst I've had. And I refused to go back and see the consultant ever again. Was um, we were in an appointment, and with the consultant it was the first time I'd seen him, and he wanted to go. I had my son and his younger brother and they were like six and oh no probably five and three at the time so one's running around i'm on my own um the my eldest is you know moaning and crying and just needing constant so it was just carnage and he was going through everything with a fine tooth comb and had a student in with him or had a someone training in with him so he was doing it very detailed yeah showing how clever he was so right back to pre birth and oh, did your thing and da, da 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 and what happened when he was born and did they and did and the best comment or would you believe it actually the worst comment and it still haunts me is did he have cooling so cooling is whenever a child is born with a brain Aww. injury then yeah. you can cool the brain and it can it's been um some people have had real good results of um showing that it actually protects the brain at that time of trauma and it can actually recover much better and he says, did you have cooling? And I said, no, he didn't. I went, oh, that's such a shame. That would have made such a difference. <laughs> yeah, that is not what you need. Oh. Absolutely not what you need. And that taps beautifully into our topic today. <laughs> Look at that. Guilt. We're here to talk today about guilt. Now, none of us, we've all had to research it because none of us feel guilt ever. We had to find out what it was and what it means because it's so alien to us all <laughs> completely unrelatable uh, completely unrelatable and we're so sorry if you don't find this relatable at all then um, go and listen to a podcast on mushrooms or something <laughs> children do we know the difference between guilt and shame i think guilt is what you feel when i don't know is there some kind of agency involved with guilt like it's something that you feel when you could have done something differently whereas shame is something you just feel embarrassed about um sort of sort that's of kind so of guilt, that was what i would go with guilt is associated to something you do so guilt is like i did that wrong so i said that thing and i shouldn't have done i didn't send my mother a birthday card and i should have done i didn't whatever and i should have done whereas shame says i am shit so shame is like a whole that 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 clings on to the thing that wasn't done or the action or the omission and makes it that 
and and a, the entity of the person being rubbish. So, oh, I'm such a rubbish mother. Oh, I never get this right. I'm always it's it's hopeless rather than um I am guilty of. So guilt is something that you can therefore say sorry for. I can't say sorry for being an inherently hopeless human being. <laughs> um, but I can say sorry for um sending my child to school with his uniform on on a non-uniform day. Yes. Yeah. So Which it's when we when we go from saying, "Oh, I can't believe I did that" to, "Oh my goodness, I never get anything right. I'm rubbish." Mm-hmm. got you okay yeah so obviously so. closely linked but there is a distinction there and the distinction is one thing we can recognize and um probably do something about um and the other one becomes really toxic in our perception of self so you're not inherently naughty you're inherently wonderful but you just drew all over my living uh, my stairs wall so that wasn't great, was it? Because <laughs> I'm now going to have to get it all emotioned again. That kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, where do you stand on guilt? I think mm. we're all different again. We had very, very different responses when we talk, when we kind of planned this. Like this. So yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first, Sarah. Sarah, <gasps> on the spot. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I... I don't, um, so where I stand on the guilt thing is quite quite square in the middle with it all sort of flowing around me at the moment, right smack in the middle of a guilt shitstorm right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what I've been thinking about is how how that guilt then has affected the way that I have, like how I've responded to that guilt in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying really hard not to respond in exactly the same way again. Okay. So my guilt, it's its rarely something that I've done because I haven't got time to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always the stuff I haven't done, you know. So so, yeah. so in a, in a um, very uh, brief nutshell, over the past 10 days, she has had um, something like nine different like appointments, assessments, meetings, you know, to try to get this EHCP thing sorted Mm -hmm. because it's so kind of wildly not fit for purpose at the moment. Um, And so I must have had maybe five separate occasions over this last 10 days where a professional has said to me, has she never had fit in a gap? I know. Uh, How come she's never had fit in another gap? well why wasn't she referred for and it's like I don't know why she wasn't referred for this thing you know it's on the one hand I've got this everyone's telling me that there is so much that can be done and that there's which is the opposite of what people have been telling me before about rehab and the potential for rehab for me. Okay. and then um, so now it's like I haven't worked hard enough I haven't um, I should have gone private I shouldn't have you know that kind of you know when people do that thing of sort of accept where you are, accept her for who mm. she is, and da da da. I shouldn't have done that. I should have mm. done some sort of other thing, which was to be. It's like this bloody tightrope again, isn't it? Of, yeah, that's exactly accepting what I was where yeah, accepting this is where we are, and then and then trying to fix people. My old response would be 
to um, take that as meaning that I now have to take responsibility for absolutely everything because I'm useless, because I've failed in the past, I now must become superwoman mum, I must do all of the things and nobody can do it as well as me. Uh, and then it all gets, and I build a great big wall around the two of us. And then we fight inside this small space. <laughs> small <laughs> space because she doesn't actually like being in a walled space with me. She'd actually be I with haven't. anybody else. <laughs> no. And because I don't have the skills or the capacity or anything like, but that is my old. That's the old response. So I think that's that mirrors <sighs> that that end response that you get to is what mirrors I think um, where I started my guilt relationship mm. in parenthood so mm -hmm. because it was um, an event and something happened there was a definite sense of I failed my boy at yeah. the beginning while he was inside me and then I failed to get stuff done when he was born and yeah. therefore mm. I must appease that guilt I must pay back it's like yeah. You're old, you know, I'm going to sacrifice my life in order to yes. pay back mm -hmm. this uh, debt that I'm constantly going to have for not having met his needs. So, mm. but I think I've always, I've always been very good at guilt. Where is Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> now, I was just, I was thinking what you were saying, Rach, there about guilt. And it's, I wonder whether there's something tied in with having a religious upbringing which Maybe. perhaps kind of adds to that or makes that relationship a bit more salient if you like maybe um, it just gives it a bit more structure because i didn't have any of that kind of any religious yeah. background at all but i've done guilt, guilt quite well i yeah. think yeah. <laughs> i think it's possibly like, more personality and yeah and is it do you think there's something about circumstance lucy because you know with childhood cancer um, there, there is thought to be a developmental genetic some sort of element in there and that led me down a particular road for a while when she was um, in the in the kind of right in the heat of it all mm. of I did this to her I've like mm. by, as if I'd selected a gene to give <laughs> do you know what I mean it, like it yeah like the root of it is in me I don't I can't I don't relate to that no. stuff which is really interesting and I want I don't I don't quite know why I was reflecting on this and why I don't because I say I hear it a lot that people feel so guilty and and especially mums and they feel awful and and I just I don't tend to feel guilty about things that I know aren't in my control yeah so I know that there's nothing I could have done with Brex um I know that I've done the best that I could do hum in a humanly possible situation yeah and so I don't I genuinely don't feel guilty yeah see about I'm not it. sure that I do believe I so I believe I did I did what I thought was best at the time but it wasn't the best and I guess I wake I go to bed every night thinking that wasn't done that wasn't done that wasn't done mm. and that can still like what does the best look like how does the best look and maybe that comes into what mum guilt is is it like this whole idea that it's my responsibility to do lots of things to keep the whole family afloat in a certain way and that we I do this analogy within my training where I talk about like we're on you know Ryland and his beautiful shiny teeth are, um telling me to do some supermarket sweep 
and uh, I'm running through the supermarket trying to get all these things only I've got an OT telling me to do this and I've got a speech language therapist need to do this and I've got a dietitian telling me they've got to do this and I've got an OT, you know physio saying this and, and 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 basically loads of stuff's getting put into my trolley and I get to the checkout and I think oh Christ, I've not got enough money I've not got enough time energy and capacity yeah. mm-hmm. to put this through the yeah. checkout and so I feel like that's where the guilt comes because I have to look down at my trolley and say, right, yeah. what am I leaving behind? Yeah. And it's not knowing the consequences of consistently leaving something out of the trolley. Yeah. Like with mm-hmm. Sam's hips. And he was slept on his side for a very long time. And Sarah told me that it wasn't a great idea um, years before. And um, who knows exactly the difference? And his sleep is still rubbish now. And who knows the difference? with his spine if I'd done this and if I'd done that but there is this constant mm-hmm. um attempt to limit the damage yeah and every day I make decisions about what you do and don't do and it's the feeling of potentially making those wrong decisions mm-hmm. so the high stakes thing it's back to the, the high, high stakes that thing high stakes thing yeah. that we're talking about is that everything with our kids is so much higher in in terms of like the the repercussion if we get it wrong it's back as well isn't it too well didn't you know yeah. well how would i know that so not only so like adding to my list of of like the care act and the ehcp <laughs> and the this and the this i'm also p- supposed to know about the difference between speech and language therapists that deal with communication and social skills and speech and language therapists that deal with swallow you know and mm-hmm. and say swallow so that's mm-hmm. what she's had she hasn't had the communication side of mm. things no one's ever referred for it because i've been to speech and language therapy with her like and was sent away you know kind of no nothing to see tick, here tick. yeah yeah so now you're back again to the it's not just what i'm leaving out but it's also um what do I not know? Yeah. Like who's, who's holding? Who's holding? Yeah. How do you know yeah. what you don't know? Yeah. And who's holding these families and these parents and making sure that they do get everything that they require? Yeah. Hmm. I think the other thing is, well, that there's, so there are those big decisions didn't follow up on the speech and language therapy. My son sleeps in a certain position and is that helpful or is it not? Um, to, <clears throat> to, I know that, um, because there were decisions that we made that we don't know the con- the consequences were potentially were bad and I've sat in that guilt and tried to repair that and get let myself off that hook as much as I mm-hmm. possibly can um, but because of that then every time I go on holiday say without him I think I'm making I'm consciously in my head think I'm making this decision with all the information I have because I yeah. don't want to regret it yeah. and I'm going to I'm, I know I'm making it so that if he does have a massive seizure, if it does yeah. go horribly wrong, if he does end up in ITU, if it, you know, if then I can at least analyse that decision with a deeper clarity of yeah. you couldn't have predicted that. Like you, you, there was, it, we all measure up list, risks all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all judge what's risky or not. And it feels like there's so many rolls of the dice that yeah. we have to contend with and so absolutely um there are silly little decisions okay i'm gonna fo- i'm actually not going to focus on you i'm going to focus on the other two children and the consequences of not doing that for the next three months because they need my attention i've only got a certain amount of hands energy capacity 
I'm going to have to live with what that looks like. Yeah. yeah. And I think uh, maybe it's easier to feel less less guilt if you are more happy not to be in control. I don't know. I'm... I'm are you I'm saying happy. Sarah and I need to be in control? <laughs> I mean... No, I, was, I, was, I was trying I was, not to go there <laughs> so directly, but... <laughs> But so, I wonder so where outrageous. Sarah and I, I are so where... chill. No, We're is so it not? Relaxed. I don't mean that. You've you've made it something We're, I didn't mean. I mean, I like we <laughs> are just so. I mean, we're pretty much on weed brownies all the time. I can't. I can't. You know, it's almost as if you're accusing me of having like a holiday spreadsheet. You know, <laughs> like that level of anal. Because who would have a holiday spreadsheet? Who would have you know? a holiday spreadsheet? Who has started their holiday spreadsheet already? <laughs> so I, I can I can testify I am not that person. I do not have a holiday spreadsheet. I think I'll about what I need the, the day before, shove it in a case, <laughs> and then wing it if I don't have it. And that's just how I am. And I think maybe there there maybe that's a nice benefit, a side effect of being like that, is that I don't feel as guilty because I don't need to I'm not constant. I don't relate to the constantly analysing every single decision that I make because I I just think I'm doing the best with the information I have. Yeah, and that's good enough, and that's okay. Yeah. And Does that mean you like um, yourself more? Maybe I don't know. I do like myself. I very much like myself. I think I'm quite a nice person. Um, <laughs> I think I'm so quite good fun to be around. I yeah. think you're a nice person. Oh, so thanks. we can all agree. <laughs> Born at the Right Time is an organisation focused on bridging the gap between families of people with complex needs and the practitioners who support them through CPD certified training, family workshops, advocacy and campaigning. The Born at the Right Time team are passionate about seeing a cultural change in policies, improvements in service delivery and a better lived experience of people caring for those with complex disabilities. So go to bornatrighttime.com for more information on courses, parent workshops, or buying one of my books, The Skies Are Munda and Shattered. Visit www.bornatrighttime.com to help bridge the gap between those delivering your service and the families you support. But I just wonder if that's maybe that's something to think about. So we're going to talk about in some point in the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about kind of self-care, but not in a, ooh, oh, we should talk about self-care. We should all go on a spa day. Oh, no, fucking spa days. <laughs> I don't want a spa day. No offense, oh. guys. You could do that without me. <laughs> See, she can't relax. Like, she's so chill. She can't relax. Oh, okay. swimming. Okay. Oh, in the freezing that. cold. That's fun. Yeah, no, I do that. I do like season in march <laughs> i mean that, like we'll a spa day off. you can sit in warm water for a long time cold water find, in and out in find, 10 seconds find a spa day really difficult because you have to sit for a long time not doing anything yeah and that is not a thing that i can do very easily i'm a sit like steve and i went on a spa day for a birthday just pre-covid and um we were home by half past one in the afternoon because <laughs> <laughs> we were both like Nothing to do here. <laughs> okay, self-care, that's fine then. We won't do a spa day. But this whole idea of self-care, I don't mean in the um I don't mean in the spa day sense. I mean in the potentially caring for who you are as self. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like it does. not doing these not plastering over the cracks of 
this'll be enough to keep you going on. But yeah. actually this is this is connecting to yourself. Yeah. And we'll go into that a bit more. I wonder as well if there's something in I've been forced to do that more than you guys, I think, in terms of if no one's got your back, no one had my back growing up, so therefore yeah. I, I had to have my own back. Yeah. Otherwise I was gonna just fall in the, the silos of despair. <laughs> So, is that, so you mean like a resilience type way? You, Maybe you I don't. I have Yeah, I don't know if there is. I don't know if it's a resilience thing or if it's just a. I, my sense of self and my sense of self worth had to, had to be developed on fast forward. Otherwise, it wasn't going to happen, and I was going to fall. And that and was, it was it. Yeah, and yeah. very and internalized. Like it had to be yeah. because it couldn't be from external. Whereas maybe yeah. we've. Um, needed lots of people to tell us we were nice before we believed we were nice. Mm-hmm. Maybe um, that. I've never been more jealous yeah. of you in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that that also relates to um, you know that kind of your your sort of anxiety bucket and your and your courage bucket and whether they're empty or full. Because mm. I think that my the the kind of oh my life I've been useless guilt that I've got at the moment. I know will pass because I will get my head around. I think it's just because it's like, it's been like a rapid fire. You know, mm. like, why haven't you? Why haven't you? Why hasn't she? Why hasn't, you know, maybe this, like, we are more and less resilient. We're more and less able to respond with without guilt, you know, like kind of without guilt mm. or shame when we are slightly on a, a better footing. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Like when you're yeah, on a more yeah, secure yeah. footing. Yeah, so when, like if the, the analogy of kind of being in a boxing ring, like yeah. if you're feeling rubbish when you get into the ring, if it's round eight yeah. and someone mm-hmm. comes at you with five sucker punches, you're on the canvas. Yeah. Whereas if you go in um, and you've just had <laughs> whatever Red Bull and, and and the person who's opposite you is um, half your size, then yeah. they can throw their punches because I am fine. Um, uh, my mum always says about the, you know, if you watch the boat race, the old Oxford and Cambridge boat oh, race. Oh, see, I talk about boxing, you talk about boat race. Well, I'm posher, aren't I? Yeah. I think we've established <laughs> Essentially, it. yes. But my, <laughs> but my mum always says that if you watch the boat race, you get an idea of what morale does for you. So at the end of the boat race, both teams have put in exactly the same physical exertion mm. within seconds of each other. Mm. And one team are up, they are, you know, like kind of jumping in the water, they're here, they're and everywhere. Uh, they have no, they appear to have no physical signs of the stress they've just put themselves under. And yet the team that have lost uh, can barely yeah. breathe you know they're, so they're wiped out and it's and she's always been you know kind of like that's what morale does that's what kind of um yeah that's yeah. so true she says loads of wise things we're gonna um have a week off the worst awards because um we're all telling you everyone how shit we are (laughs) and this week i wonder whether we could think about um some of the things that we found really helpful so some disability hacks and if anybody whether that's organizations or companies like if you've done something or you've used something or you have um found something that's like dead cheap somewhere else or something really helpful for the people that might be listening to the podcast then we would love to hear from you what have you found useful what have you found informative and um, what do you think everyone really ought to know um, and if you had discovered it you would 
life would have been so much easier a couple of years ago, whatever. Um, I've ladies, got one. I've got go one on. of those. Go on, Lucy. I've got one of those. You know those bungs that you put in the top of meds? Yeah. You can get these. So for people not not used to this, who are like giving their kids meds through syringes, like we for years battled with getting the bloody syringe down in the in the thing and then getting air in it. And it was all very messy and difficult. And then suddenly when he was in hospital, the last like week, few weeks in the hospital, they had these bungs. You literally put the bung in and then yeah, you could just plug hole in it. the syringe yeah. on the top, turn the bottle upside down and yeah. pull out the right amount of meds. Oh my gosh, literal <laughs> life changer. But they don't tell you about it because it costs money to put it on your like Homeward order or whatever, you know, whatever um Ordery people you have. People. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, bungs for the meds. That is bungs my for, disability. Bungs hack. for the bottle of meds. I will add yeah. that to our... Um... So um, my son is obsessed with music, like loves music all the time his his world is defined by certain songs and he only lets certain people play certain songs so it's all a bit of a playlist in his head um and there's only a certain number of times you can listen to the greatest showman oh i don't believe that's there true are only oh i think there is <laughs> um and so uh he has headrest on his wheelchair and I have, for the last 10 years, when we get a new wheelchair, I've cut the foam out inside of the headrest and put pillow speakers in them. Whether it's pillow speakers, whether it's AirPods and ear defenders, that you can make it so that they are listening to the music <laughs> without insisting that everybody else has to. <laughs> I like the pillow speakers. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if you yeah. put the AirPods in, then yeah, it's like oh. he is zoned out. Whereas yep. um, there are different sort of Bluetooth type small speakers that you stick behind his head so that he's listening to it, but he's also getting all the things that the rest of us are doing. But yes, I've got lots of excellent odd things, but it'd be great if you could write in. The email is tswupodcast at gmail.com. That's tswupodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear the things that you or companies, if you're in a company, find useful or support families like ours. Ladies, do you think we can just sit out here for another half hour or so? <laughs> I'm starving. I really need a wee, otherwise that would be absolutely oh, the deal. But I'm gonna head. pee my pants. You can't control discussed. your bladder and you can't control your <laughs> I'm hunger. So hung I'm so hungry so, all the time. Ladies, thank you so much for joining me, Lucy and Sarah. Bye-bye. Bye. So there we have it. That's our first discussion on guilt. Please do email us with your would you believe it or some thoughts on your own disability hacks. Thank you so much for coming back each week and listening to our wee podcast. Special thanks goes as ever to Lucy and Sarah and for Harry for making us sound so much more coherent than we actually are. We would love to hear from you and have you as part of our conversation. You can email the podcast at tswupodcast at gmail.com. That's tswupodcast at gmail.com. It'd be super helpful if you could also share this podcast with your friends, family and practitioners. Then, ooh, do rate, review and follow. It means we can keep doing this little podcast all by ourselves. As we pause on our thoughts on guilt, we really hope that whatever situation you find yourself in, 
you can also find some small, simple opportunities to steady yourself so the guilt doesn't throw you off course too much. And please know, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, we're cheering you on, whatever skies you're under. <laughs>